What's going on, everyone? Welcome into Forward Progress Championship Sunday, Best Bets Edition, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network, and as always, powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. We're back with the regular crew again, as we have been all playoffs. Dr. Eric Eager of Sumer Sports in the top right-hand corner, Suma, bottom right-hand corner, and professional better hitman in the bottom left-hand corner. We're going to cover both Championship Sunday games Side, total, derivatives, player props, game props. Everything's on the table here because we only got two games this week. So we'll go through it. We'll give our analysis of the main markets. And then if the guys have anything in specific that they target elsewhere, we will cover that as well. We're going to end the show with a best bet from each one of us. And of course, we try to make this as forward looking as possible so that you guys can bet with us and you know not chase the numbers that we had earlier in the week or anything like that. We swept the board last week, and that was after a three and one week in the first round of the playoffs, seven and one overall for the forward progress best bets crew in the playoffs. We'll try to keep it going this week. Easy winners last week, too, guys. Suma, Packers, ATS, nailed it. Hitman, first quarter angle. Couldn't have couldn't have priced that any better. They win the coin toss. They get the ball, any sort of derivative of Packers first quarter, first to score, whatever. Great bets, and you got that one. Uh, really well done, handicap. I hit the Lions Bucks over. That looked pretty dicey for a bit and got there. And then Eric capped off the weekend uh, with a nice plus money winner here on the Chiefs money line as well. We don't only track our record. We also track the units. So that's a, a good one, Eric, to be able to get uh, done. In terms of the Leanser board, which we keep track of as well, it's been a pretty solid year altogether. Uh, I mean, the, the group has just been done, doing amazing across these. So whenever we go over games, our opinions seem to uh, to really hit home. Uh, pretty good here on Forward Progress here, uh, outside of some of the best bets that we get ragged on for. But ultimately, uh, we do feel it's important to recap every single week. Let's get started here in a second, guys. Before we do, if you do, if you enjoy our content here on Ford Progress, don't forget to hit that like button down below. Make sure you're subbed here to our YouTube channel. If you're listening after the fact in podcast form, kindly leave us a review. Your support means a ton to us. Thank you for being part of our community. And today, be sure to stay tuned to the very end of the show today. We have a giveaway going on. I'll let everyone know about that before we sign off the show today. So stay tuned to the very end. We do got a giveaway, which includes some pinnacle swag. Everyone wants to know how to get the hoodies. I'll tell you at the end of the show today. But boys, let's get it started with the early game. Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens. Right now, the Chiefs look like the Chiefs of old. They win at Buffalo. All that stuff about the end of the season and how their offense was looking terrible. Well, hasn't been the case over the past two weeks. Granted, it's been the Bills and the Dolphins, but the Chiefs, Mahomes' first road playoff game of his career, which was much talked about last, last week, goes to Buffalo, 17-23, to 215 yards, two touchdowns, both to Travis Kelsey. That duo passed Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski for the most playoff touchdowns by a quarterback receiver tandem last week. They get the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson with a solid game last week, added 100 rushing yards on the ground. This one's going to be an interesting one, guys. In the current market at Pinnacle, Ravens laying three and a half minus 111 on this one. The total sitting slightly above a key number of 44 at 45 and a half. Hitman, you're batting lead off this week. Chiefs, Ravens, break this one down for us. What are your thoughts? Um, I like it. I bet 
Kansas City. Now, admittedly, I got a shit price on this, and I know we were on the the watch along together, Rob, and we both kind of agreed that we thought that maybe closes like 3.25, 3.3, and it kind of it's obviously went the other way on on us. So, well, obviously concerning, especially when limits opened up. Baltimore did get bet up, but um, I, I think like re- really your handicap on Kansas City just has to be: Do you think what they've done the last two weeks is is the new Chiefs, or are you going more off your priors where earlier in the season their offense was struggling for the most that they've struggled in the Mahomes era? But if you look at the game that they had against Buffalo, like they won the game by three points, but the stats like was domination with how impressive at least this offense looked, they had 8.4 yards per play when you minus kneel downs in that game. They had 0.48 EPA per dropback. They only had five third down attempts, which is the fewest that a Buffalo opponent has ever had against them. So I think that the three point win is kind of doesn't do enough justice to show just how impressive this game was for Kansas city. And I know there's a lot of talk about, Baltimore and their defense and Baltimore's defense is tremendous. But if you look at like some of the numbers, like Baltimore's first in the NFL in points allowed per drive, Kansas city's third, the Ravens are second in the NFL in yards per play allowed Kansas city's fourth in nine games that Kansas city has had their top three defenders and Snead Jones and Bolton together. They're second in EPA per play first in yards per play and third in success rate. And there's a lot of talk about Kansas city's run defense against Baltimore. And for sure, that's a big concern. And it's a definitely a clear matchup edge for Baltimore's offense. But Kansas City's been running the ball a lot better. And since week 10, the Ravens are quietly 25th in success rate against opposing running backs. So I just think, you know, I know Eric and I were, I was talking to Eric about this and we were saying like the, the Kansas City team, like this is the most complete team of their Mahomes Reed era. Like if this offense, it doesn't have to be what it was with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey is prime. And some of the signs from the last few weeks are encouraging. And I mean, you're getting to the point now that you're asking Baltimore to cover a number that this is the biggest underdog that Mahomes has been in four years. So I, I bet Kansas City, um, some props that I'm looking at, Justin Watson, his line's at 13 and a half, 14 and a half. It was 17 and a half, 18 and a half last week. He got hurt a lot by them going a lot more 12 and 13 personnel last week, which I think that might have been a, a matchup designed by Kansas City to get Buffalo's linebackers on the field. So a lot more one and two wide receiver sets, didn't get as much playing time. I think that probably it goes back to the norm this week against Baltimore, who's very strong with, with their linebackers. And um, McCole Hardman, I know I was talking to Eric about this one also. Do we like him under one and a half catches? Kadarius Tony's back to practicing this week. Does he take Hardman's role after Hardman had a legendary two-touch, two-fumble performance last week? I don't know. Something to keep an eye on. And then uh, the other note that I had was Odell Beckham props. Uh, There was a lot of talk that he'd get a bump in playing time for the playoffs. It did not materialize. He only had eight routes on 22 Lamar dropbacks last week. Kind of try to figure out what the hell happened because that was a really big surprise. So been monitoring that as far as props go. 
All right, Hitman giving out a slate of props there and also likes the Chiefs in the game. Adam Klein in the chat says, I hope Dr. Eags is on the Chiefs' money line again. Uh, we were talking a little bit off-air before we started here, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to share it, Eric. His exact words, I'm really worried about the Chiefs this week. Uh, walk us through why you're feeling that way right now. Yeah, I'm just – I think that this game, the Ravens have – have offensively nailed down the one place where the Chiefs defense, where the Chiefs defense is the best that they've had in the Mahomes era, they are weak. And we saw it last week where in the first two and a half quarters of that game, Buffalo moved the line of scrimmage against Kansas City two or three yards backwards, like on every single defensive possession. And Nate Tice on Twitter today showed the the defense, you know, the Chiefs best player defensively, Chris Jones, or at least he was going into the year, you know, run stop per per snap is like one of the worst in the NFL in the first two or three quarters of the game. Now, could he come out and, you know, show us shades of the Cincinnati game where he was amazing the whole game this week? Maybe. Um, but this is a team that has not held the point of attack in the run game particularly well all year. Um, when I look at them from my kind of like what I do, like a predictive kind of adjusted EPA metric, they're 26th against the run in, in sort of my metrics. Um, the other part where I'm a little bit worried is there. I, I do this thing with series success, which is basically how often they take one set of downs and stop another set of downs. And they're 17th in the NFL defensively. So they're very good at limiting explosives, right? So they, they do a really good job of not letting another team get big chunk plays on them. But, and that's why, for example, there were eight possessions each team in that Buffalo game, right? And that's why the game was a three point game despite the fact that they clearly outplayed the Bills because they allow variance to creep into those games. And, and that's because the very nature of their defense, they limit big plays, but they also allow the other team to move the sticks because they, they, you know, are, are, they're movable at the line of scrimmage. And so for that reason, the, 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 the wager I like in this game is actually under 44 and a half. I like that for a couple of reasons. I like that because if the chiefs offensive struggles return in this game, that's an out for this play. I also like that because if structurally both teams actually do have success offensively, I don't see it being of the 40-yard touchdown ilk. I just don't see Rasheed Rice being that kind of player. I don't see Travis Kelsey being that kind of player. And on the other side of the ball, Zay, uh, uh, Zay Flowers, you know, uh, should Mark Andrews play, you know, uh, likely – and even Lamar Jackson has not been the 70-yard touchdown run player. And the running backs, you know, without Keith Mitchell, are not those kind of players. If both offenses had success in this game, there are going to be fewer possessions, and this game will play to the under. So I think both in both sort of situations, if we don't get turnovers in this game, this game is going to be an under game uh, in many different sort of sample paths of how this game is played. Uh, I'm going to pick up on there really quickly before I get to you, Suma, because I agree with a lot of Eric's points on the under here. Uh, particularly, neither of these teams really plays fast. They don't have a lot of explosiveness. That The Ravens have a little bit more than the Chiefs do overall with downfield weapons, but they don't look to attack downfield all that often. Uh, all that often. Uh, we haven't talked about Joe Tooney yet at all, which I think is a pretty impactful injury for the Kansas City Chiefs in their offensive line. Doesn't look like he's going to be able to go in the game. But in particular, because Baltimore is a low blitz rate team. They blitz just under 22% of the time this year. 
And if you look at Patrick Mahomes this season, his EPA per play when he's facing five or more pass rushers is 0.16 EPA per play. When he's facing four or less, it's 0.05 EPA per play. Now, this is still Patrick Mahomes. It's still the greatest quarterback, in my opinion, that I've seen in my life. But I think that there's a matchup advantage here where Baltimore can rush four and can potentially get some pressure. I'm not suggesting that this is going to be the Bucks chiefs Super Bowl where the Bucks D-line just killed the Chiefs O-line. But that is within the range of outcomes here where you just have a defensive line that is able to overmatch the Chiefs O-line with that injury. So that's a little bit of concern to me. But I agree with the lean on the under here. I mean, we're talking about fine margins here, Eric. Like, I don't have a, a big edge one way or another, but I think you made some great points, and, and that's the way I'd look to this one as well. Uh, in our chat, we've had a lot of talk about this game already. Uh, Beat Gamer making a case for the Ravens. Uh, they've won 11 games against teams with winning records. Nine of those were by 14+. plus. I mean, they have beaten a lot of good teams this year. Uh, they did get some help with the quarterbacks that they faced earlier in the year, but that's certainly... Uh, there as well. Mr. Q, before we started, this one's an interesting uh, uh, handicap here. Baltimore, first half, KC full game, high probability of 3-0. and I mean, it could happen, but probably not a high probability when you're playing opposite outcomes. Nathan says this is the first real test the Chiefs will face since Christmas. They've been padding stats against banged up teams. Sick of all this Mahomes dick riding. Fair enough. I mean, we can ride Mahomes dick, you know, when he, he plays really well. It's, he's a great quarterback. Um, it's taken two banged up Ds to make that KC offense look viable again. So we have a heavy skew towards the Ravens in the chat today here on Forward Progress. Suma, I'll throw it over to you. Hitman made the case for the Chiefs. Eric made the case for the under. Anything that you'd be looking to play in this particular game? Very, very small lean towards the under, if all. Um, my main issue is that I'm also seeing the Chiefs off offense kind of struggling. So I, I agree with the take from the chat. Like we saw the last two weeks, Chiefs offense looks amazing. Miami had not any pass rush whatsoever. They needed to throw, I don't know, 17 uh, big time blitzes at, at Patrick Mahomes. He killed them. Rashid Wise uh, could run cross us over the middle of the field against those linebackers all day. Then last week, very banked up build squad. Uh, which Mahomes uh, also matches up very well against. And I think this time the Ravens pre will present a completely more difficult task for them because they have four pass rushers who are very, very decent th this season, tons of pressures, uh, all in the upper 70 PFF grades in terms of pass rushing. Mike McDonald um, gets, so, gets those guys going. Offensive line issues for the Chiefs tackle position was not that great this year. So also middle of the field defense with Carl Hamilton, Rockwan Smith, Patrick Queen also as the linebacker too. Sometimes he's completely lost in coverage, but as a whole, I, I, I really like that um, middle of the field defense for the Ravens. And I, I think they will make it very, very tough on the Chiefs. And it, and it will probably come down to Patrick Mahomes doing magic and somehow making throws that we do not expect or do not see coming. And somehow it's it's going to be Patrick Mahomes against Mike McDonald because I also don't see how the Chiefs consistently get a one game going against the against the Ravens. Um, other other side of the ball, I think that the the Chiefs' pass defense is still that good enough to get something against the Ravens' offense in, in the passing game. I could see like Snead uh, getting put on Zay Flowers consistently. 
limiting their their number one option when it comes to wide receiver. Uh, Chiefs not great against tight ends. Um, we will see how how healthy or how many snaps uh, Mark Andrews is is go is going to see. But what what, what concerns me and and Eric point to that the Chiefs run defense has been bad this year and they have not faced a dual threat quarterback one game all season. The the only matchup that came close to that was Joshua Dobbs in week eight or nine. And I don't really think that's anywhere close to what the Ravens uh, present in the, in the one game. So I think that the Ravens should have success on the ground. I think that they will get Lama Jackson going um, as a runner. I think that they might struggle a, a bit against Steve Spagnuolo's pass defense. So I can see a game script where the Ravens are going to be run heavy, clocks ticking. Um, also, I, I I don't see many big plays on either side, like, like, like Eric has said. So overall, I think this could potentially be a lower scoring game. And I'm also slightly leading towards the under, but not something that would be my best bet or something. Okay, before we move on to the NFC game, I do want to get to a couple things in the chat. Uh, Hitman, I'll, I'll start with you here for this one. Uh, Mahomes rushing overs, Mason asks. 27 and a half in market right now, uh, juice to the over, minus 120 at Pinnacle. Any thoughts on Mahomes rushing yardage? Um, I did bet 24 and a half. 27 and a half kind of getting outside my price range. It's more, I, a lot of like the projection sites are probably going to, say under on it and then just thinking like subjectively about quarterbacks looking to run more in the playoffs and everything that would be your handicap on it um i i'd, I'd lean over in like the mid-20s but 27 and a half is going to be a pass for me okay second thing i noticed that was interesting in the chat typically when we think of football uh and correlations within a game not always but usually it's favorite to the over uh, underdog to the under type of situation more often than not. I've noticed Melvis put Chiefs plus over correlation, Ravens plus under. Curious, Eric, your thoughts on that? Because, um, I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive to what we typically think of the correlation being in a game. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's held like this year. I have to go. I, I haven't looked at that specifically. I mean, you you pointed out what two or two weeks ago when they played the Dolphins, the Chiefs have only scored over what 23 points. What now, now after these last two games, what would it be eight times all year? So, I mean, at 44, with them being favored by three and a half, you know, expectation. I mean, if the Chiefs win, I guess the correlation would go to the over there. Um, but if the Chiefs win, I think that they'll probably be shutting down the Ravens, right? Don't you think if the Chiefs win this game, it's going to be because. And we talked about this off air a little bit. It's, it's going to be because the Ravens have one of their playoff kind of meltdowns offensively, like they had against the Titans when they lost 28-12. And then, you know, they had that loss in, what was it, Buffalo with lost 17-3 and Lamar got hurt and Hundley was in. And then, um, and yeah, those are basically what Lamar's two playoff losses. And like, I kind of see if the Chiefs win this, I don't see it being a back and forth affair. I think it's the Ravens defense plays to expectation roughly and Lamar and the offense kind of has one of those privilege games like they did against the Steelers where they can't catch a cold. Like th that that's kind of how I see them losing this game and the Chiefs winning. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, just my thoughts. I, I think the Chiefs are way more likely to win like a 17-14-2017 game 
than to win the 35 31 here. Uh, I, so that's my personal opinion. I think the correlations are kind of flipped. That's not to say that it can't happen, but that's uh, just my thoughts on it. Generally speaking, uh, no talk of the weather for the Ravens game. So it is going to rain. It's expected to rain, but winds look fine. It also doesn't look like a super heavy rain. Does anyone think that this is going to alter their handicap at all? Not really. I think it's going to be better weather than last week for both game for both teams. Yep. Agree with you there. Okay, let's move on to the NFC Championship game. Before we do, as always, those odds scrolling at the bottom of your screen as we cover these games are courtesy of Pinnacle Sportsbook. I highly recommend betting with Pinnacle Sportsbook because of their everyday competitive odds. I say this every single week, but I'll just preach it one more time. Oftentimes, you'll look at those odds. You probably go and open up your sportsbook, try to make a bet, and you might realize, hey, my book doesn't have as good a price here. That's because Pinnacle prides themselves on everyday competitive odds. So bet smart, bet Pinnacle, your trusted sportsbook the past 25 years. And of course, use code HAMMER when signing up in Canada. It does help support forward progress here. You must be 19 plus, not available in the US. As always, please play responsibly. And people out there, before we get to the NFC Championship game as well, let's get some some more likes here on the stream. There's, there's one thing that I'm extremely obsessed with. And it's getting as many likes as humanly possible uh, as it does help support the show and grow us within the YouTube algorithm. Almost 200 people watching live in real time, and we got 40 likes. So smash that like button down below, and we will get into the NFC Championship game here. It will be decided on Sunday night in the Bay Area. It's the 49ers. It's the Lions. The dream season for Detroit keeps on moving. They hold off the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. They win in the divisional round. Defense stepped up when it needed to late in that game. And they're going to their first NFC title game since 1991. On the other hand, San Fran, less than impressive last week. They lose Debo Samuel to injury in that game. Looks like he's trending towards playing, but we don't know yet. They had a big fourth quarter. They got their come-from-behind win that they just never get under Kyle Shanahan. It was talked about so many times. Eric, we'll go over to you here first. Current main market at Pinnacle, 49ers minus 7, minus 113. So this is trending out closer to 7.5 than it is 6.5. The total in the game, 51, juice towards the over. Some 51.5s out there as well. The 49ers didn't look great last weekend, Eric. They're the favorite here. What do you make of San Fran heading into this week? Yeah, I think everybody wanted wants to gravitate towards the offense with Purdy you know, looking kind of shaky, although there were some people, what was it, David Lombardi? I forget about the, the, the Lombardis in football are like the Bernoullis in math. There's like a million of them. And, and, you know, I, I forget the first names, but like the, um, that's a deep cut, but the, like the, there's like two people that in this stream that got that. And I think it might be me and you, Eric, I think it's, very yeah, possible. That, but the, and, but he said he played great. Everybody else knows the truth. And, and like, and of course, Debo being possibly out or at least banged up, like I think everybody's focusing on that if they want to fade the Niners. But like when I look at the Niners, and we talked about this last week, like they're not the same defensively as they've always been, right? Jimmy Ward's gone. He's been long gone. The second corner position after Ward has been a mess kind of all year. Hufanga's been out for a lot of the season already. And the run defense is nowhere close to the the kind of you know you look at Baltimore for example another a top defense in the league it's nowhere close to that when I look at like my you know series success 
And when I look at even EPA kind of in the predictive sense, this is this Niners team is not a great defense. And one of the sneaky things, and we're, we were all kind of focusing on the other games because the Tampa Detroit game was not the marquee game last week. Detroit as a favorite last week, won the toss and received last, you know, so when I look at the markets this week and, and trying to build a derivative off of this, I'm actually going to take Detroit over nine and a half first half points. It's about minus 133 on Pinnacle right now. I take it out to minus 150 or so, minus 160. Um, and, and it's very much this reason. And I, I, I believe in Ben Johnson being able to craft a, a, a early game script against this defense, run and pass, keep them on their toes long enough to score 10 points in the first half of this game. After that, um, I think possibly, you know, the, you know, Steve Wilkes can hold up the same way that Raheem Morris did against the Rams. I think that, you know, after that, maybe the Niners pull away, but I think that the, the Detroit Lions can at least lean on their strength offensively, which is, you know, fifth in my predictive series success rate, obviously really high in EPA, both run and pass. Derek Goff, a 142.2 passer rating uh, in the middle of the field, which is, you know, where the Niners, where the Niners have a strength of the Lions have a strength there to neutralize that. I think the the Lions are very are are you know primed to be able to do this uh, in this particular game. All right, that's an interesting angle. First half there, team total over for the Lions. Brad, I apologize. I didn't mean to call the nails dumb. I just didn't think that there's a lot of people out there that are going to get mathematician references. But if you got it, credit to you, Brad. Credit to you. Uh, Suma, we'll go over to you here. You played against the 49ers as your best bet last week. You took the Packers there. Uh, do you think that there's reason for optimism with the Lions this week, considering the defensive weaknesses of San Fran? Yes and no. I think that there are some areas where the Lions match up poorly and some areas where they might match up uh, very well. Uh, so the 49ers have by far the best middle of the field defense against the best in the entire league. And it's not even close. It's first EPA per play, first and success rate, both by country mile. Their outside defense is much worse. They, they rank 12th in EPA per play and 17th in success rate on passes thrown outside. The Lions love to throw over the middle of the field. 25.6% uh, uh, attempts over the middle of the field. 5th in EPA per play, 3rd in success rate when doing so. They are still very solid attacking the outside. 12th EPA per play, 7th in success rate. Basically, the, the, the same season-long efficiency numbers as the Green Bay Packers, who went 26 passes outside, eight passes over the middle of the field against San Francisco last week and moved the ball uh, pretty well, got their run game going a little bit uh, outside, got some shot plays. I think that that might also be the way for the Lions to dial up some plays a little bit. I think that... The Ryans, uh, sorry, not, not the Ryans. The Lions might get Gibbs going a little bit on on all these perimeter runs because the Lions have good offensive tackles and Nick Bosa and Chase Young are not the greatest run defenders in the world. So Sewell and Decker, I think, can get something going when they try to run outside, get the speed of Jamil Gibbs outside, and then maybe try to hit a few shot plays to the outside, um, stuff like that. Um, still think that. The Niners' defense uh, presents a much different matchup for them than the last week or the Rams, for example. On the other side of the ball, I'm much more concerned because that Lions' defense is not great. And what what I looked up is that 
at some point during the season, the Lions switched up their defense a little bit. Cover one is their most played coverage since week 10. So they switched to more man coverage. They love to defend the one out of stack boxes. They are very good against the one. And they have a 31% blitz rate since that half point of the season. And that's exactly the style of defense that the 49ers offense wants to see. Like stack boxes, they are, I think, first or second in rushing efficiency against stack boxes. And when you provide them stack boxes on early downs, they will throw all over you. Um, so I'm not sure that the Lions will come out with the same strategy. Maybe they might play more light boxes, let them run a little bit, just uh, prevent big plays in the in, in the passing game, even without Debo. I think that Brandon Ayuk will absolutely roast those cornerbacks. So I think a, a valid strategy for the Lions might be maybe more too high on early downs, uh, give up a few chunk runs or whatever, but just don't get beaten over the top all over again. So that might be a um, valid strategy. Overall, I think that the Niners, th this time it's not going to rain, so Brock Purdy should have more grip on the ball. Uh, Debo looked pretty good in practice from what I've read from beat reporters, still uncertain certain to play. We don't know, but I think even without Debo, the Niners should have enough firepower to, to score points on this um, Lions defense, and I'm not really sure that the Lions offense can really go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Um, I don't have any strong edge either way. Um, I'm right around seven right now with the Debo uncertainty. Small lean towards the over once Debo is in. Might like the over, but not a strong lean on either side or total in general. You mentioned the beat reporters uh, talking about Debo. I mean, Hitman, if we had a dollar for every time a beat reporter has been wrong this year, bud, uh, we wouldn't be doing, we wouldn't even have to be betting anymore with the, the state of the NFL reporting at this point. But I uh, want to get your thoughts, Hitman, on this one. Side total props, anything that you might be looking at for the uh, NFC Championship game here. So this literally just came down right now. Debo is uh, going to be limited in practice today. Um, I would say that's encouraging towards him playing. I know that, as we said, if you just fade some of these reporters, especially the NFL Network reporters on some of their uh, injury predictions and stuff like that, you've done well this year. But I would guess Debo plays. Um, how that affects the props, George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk right now are pretty much priced as if it's leaning that Debo doesn't play. And I would say that the guys, the, the guy that it would affect the most if Debo does play is George Kittle. Kittle, when Debo has in six games this year, or is it, it I think it's six games the last two years, without uh, Debo in the lineup, Kittle is 25% target share, 3.3 yards per route run, which is an insane number for a tight end to have. And he's the guy that's been bet up the most where he's at 61 and a half receiving yards and four and a half receptions right now. That's just a high number for George Kittle. And it was kind of, in my opinion, leaning towards Debo being out with that number. So I think that Debo in would affect him the most. And I think that it doesn't affect Brandon Ayuk as much as some people might think, because this matchup against the Lions, like number one wide receiver, number one perimeter wide receivers specifically, they have shown absolutely no answer. Like they, 
for whatever reason, I don't know if they don't scheme to take these guys away as much as like another coach, like a Bill Belichick would, but every number one wide receiver, especially in the perimeter has just absolutely destroyed them this year. So I'm, I wouldn't be racing to play any Ayuk unders and um, pretty much everything Suma said, you know, about this Lions pass defense. It, it, I agree with that. Uh, Brock Purdy with, it's, he's not in the rain. He had a 25% inaccurate throw rate last week against Green Bay. The only other time that it was above 20% was against Cleveland. Both games were in the rain, and Purdy had only a 10% inaccurate target rate for the rest of the season, even when you factor those two games in. So I think that you can chalk up some of his struggles last week to whatever whatever reason he can't play, doesn't play well in bad weather. And I agree with everything Suma had to say about the San Francisco defense is a little bit more vulnerable against a run than some people think. And they're very strong in the middle of the field, which is where Jared Goff just absolutely lives. No quarterback has a higher target rate over the middle of the field than Jared Goff. So not, not a strong opinion sides or totals though, but just some prop thoughts. Yeah, just to add to that as well, uh, the Dolphins, excuse me, the Dolphins, the Lions utilize like a lot of single back. Jared Goff is one of the uh, has one of the lowest rates of shotgun in the entire league, and the the 49ers defense has been better in those single back formations and runs out of shotgun. So it'll be interesting to see altogether how that. I, I really like the way this 49ers defense matches up with the way that the Lions typically run their offense right now, right? Which is a lot through the middle of the field. I think that's where you don't beat San Fran. I'm very interested to see if Ben Johnson comes out with a different game script here and really attacks on the outside. Jared Goff doesn't have the arm strength of some bigger-name quarterbacks in the league. I don't know that if they attack outside, they can necessarily have as much success as people might think that they can have, but uh, I've also been a little bit lower on the 49ers defense over the course of the year. In terms of the Debo stuff, it's been talked about ad nauseum this week, about like the Debo on the field versus off the field splits. I mean, you might as well throw those out the window because they played those games earlier this year without Trent Williams on the offensive line. So not having Trent Williams there, I would argue, was a much bigger impact than not having Debo on the field in those games. But generally speaking, I think people are reading a little bit too much into that. And also, Brock Purdy has a wide receiver target share this year of 52%. The league average is like 5% higher than that. They have tons of other weapons in the game as well, right? Like, I've heard some insane valuations on what Debo's worth to the spread this week. I honestly don't think it's that impactful. And I'm only mentioning this because there is a chance that he could miss the game and you would see probably some heavy Detroit steam in that case. If that happens, I'd have no problem playing back on San Fran if we get back under a touchdown here, uh, personally speaking. So that's just my thoughts on the game. Uh, Adam in the chat asks a great question. Thoughts on San Fran alts seems like a long tail type of game I, I can I'll start and I'll we can go around here but I actually like this like we've seen Detroit go out on the road to Baltimore and get blown out they got blown out at Chicago as well I think that there are many scenarios here where the 49ers just move the ball very very efficiently and it's on Detroit to keep up so personally I'm looking into San Fran alts for this game even though I don't have a big edge on the spread Eric well and it's the night game too and golf like like the, it's not going to be a weather game, but it could get colder as the night goes on in the Bay. And like, so that's also part of the first half angle that I have about Detroit is like, it could get colder as the day goes on and golf could get worse. 
as the as it gets colder in the middle as it gets cold gets colder at night and San Francisco could pull away like that that is that is part of a narrative here about playing San Francisco alts and getting in while the getting's good on Detroit early in that game yeah, I mean, for me, sometimes the 49ers just have their A game and they're going to just blow. It doesn't matter who the, the other team yeah. is. They're going to blow them out of the water. They're capable of doing that. So I think that's an interesting one. Uh, what do we think about uh, Warren Sharp <laughs> tweeting NFL's trying to save? This is so dumb. Have, have people looked at the penalty yardage differentials this year? was a bad road ref. He should not be in the league let alone like the implication that they, oh, they trotted out the bad road ref for this. Like, this is like, this is ridiculous, <laughs> right? It'd be, it'd be like if we had somebody at the hammer who literally could not pick a road winner, why would he? Well, we, we, we do. He, he's on the show though. Yeah. Right. right? And right, he's a yeah. good guy. Yeah. Exactly. I know what you're getting. I had a road winner last, I had a road winner last week. Pizzola. Well, yeah, we're, we're going der derivatives years. now, Hitman. Sure. When we're going the derivatives. Uh, no, I, I'm just I'm just kidding around. But yeah, it's a, it's a like the, the the narratives that form this this shit spreads like wildfire. It's Dude, everywhere it's, now. A lie a lie can get around the world faster than the truth has even a fucking chance. It's insane. Sorry, I don't, yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I mean, if if you were to just quickly look at at this regular season as a whole, where Mahomes supposedly gets all the call, the calls, and you look at penalty yardage differential this year. The Chiefs were second lowest in the league. The Bears were the only team that was worse off. So the whole like, oh, they always get all the calls. Well, I mean, it's not being reflected in penalty yardage, which I mean, has happened all year long. But anyways, uh, I, I had to mix that in there because it's certainly something that rattles me. Uh, this week, tomorrow afternoon, Matt Friedman, John Legaza, Jack Miller, 2 p.m. Eastern time. They're breaking down the entire props board. For this weekend's games, make sure you tune in 2 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Pizza Buffet is back to Sunday morning this week. We don't have Saturday games. There's no sense in me going live on Saturday. So it's back to Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time. I'll give my final, final thoughts on every game for Championship Sunday. And, of course, I'll be taking your questions as we go along as well. So that's going to be 11 a.m. Eastern time, Pizza Buffet Sunday. There is a live watch along on Sunday as well. It will be for the night game. For the 49ers-Lions, determining who's going to play the AFC winner in the Super Bowl. That's Sunday, 6.15 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're subbed here to Forward Progress, you can just click that bell no notification. You'll get a notification when we go live for that. It's going to be a loaded group. Alex Moretto filling in for me alongside of Suma, Eric Eager, G-Stack George, Jeff Feinberg. And we're rumored to have a live appearance from Joey Kanish at his very own Lions watch party as well. I mean, if they're down early, I don't know that we're getting that appearance, but it's rumored. Alone in his parents' basement. That's where the watch party is. Like Him and his dog on the couch per usual. That's that's a Kanish watch party right there. Uh, all right, guys, let's get into best bets. 4-0 last week, 7-1 for the playoffs. Because we got all of our picks right last week, we stick with the same order. As previously, that means Dr. Eric Eager, who has now won, not one, not two, or three, four, five, six consecutive best bets in a row. He gets the party started for us today. Eric, what are you liking for your best bet this week and why? I've already alluded to it, but I'm going to go with it uh, again. I, I like the Detroit Lions to score over nine and a half first half points uh, at minus 
140 now uh, on, uh, and I like it good to minus 150. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are not a great defense. We're on defensive coordinator number three now that Jimmy Go Ryans uh, is in Houston and Robert Salah is in New York with the Jets. Uh, the defensive backfield after Traverius Ward is not particularly good. Uh, and the Detroit Lions have plenty of weapons to go after them. Jared Goff is great in the middle of the field, but he's been good basically to all parts of the field this season as well. Uh, and, and look, the, the Detroit Lions last week against Tampa Bay as favorites took the ball with the coin flip. I think that they'll take the ball uh, in both cases if San Francisco defers and if they win the toss this week. Uh, and, and again, the weather is not supposed to be a factor. Uh, get it get it while the getting's good here with the Detroit Lions over nine and a half uh, first half points team total in the first half this week uh, in Santa Clara. All right, Eric, looking for a good game script out of the gate there with the Detroit Lions. Suma, it's over to you. Back-to-back -back best bet winners with the Green Bay Packers. Unfortunately, they don't play this week, so you're going to have to pivot to something else. What are you going with and why? But I will try to attack that 49ers defense again, going with a prop, Jameson Williams over 80, uh, 28 and a half receiving yards, minus 112 at Pinnacle. Like I said earlier, um, 49ers exceptionally well against passes over the middle of the field, by far the best passing defense. They are vulnerable when it comes to passes outside. I think that the Lions will try to run more to the outside and throw more to the outside, at least more than their uh, season-long average. I think there will be opportunities for Jameson Williams to, 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 to get to get open a, a few times down the field, maybe one big play, maybe some right receiver screens that he might take some yards down the field. So... I just think that Ben Johnson is a smart coach, looked at the Packers film from last week, 26 passes outside, and he will probably not force the issue with Jared Goff consistently trying to beat this defense over the middle of the field. So give me Jamison Williams over 28 and a half receiving yards. All right, Suma going with the prop there. Uh, I'm going to go over to a team total for my play this week. Uh, the one thing I really think is mispriced in the market going into this week, is Detroit's defense. They got a, a Lee McNeil back. They have C.J. Gardner-Johnson. A lot of people are talking about them like they're an underrated root, unit. Don't get me wrong. Nobody's saying that they're great. But I think that they're straight up bad still. And I see a defense that's living predominantly off of turnovers, but outside of that, giving way too much. I'm going to go with San Francisco's team total over. Current main market price at Pinnacle is 28 and a half over minus 139. My fair value on that is minus 151. So I have this as a 2% edge, but roughly all the team total prices in market right now are good in my opinion. When I say that they're living predominantly off of turnovers, if we look at early down passing success rate, that's very predictive going forwards. And typically speaking, the Lions over the last month and a half or so are giving up a very high success rate on early downs. Last week against Tampa, that was only 44%, but that's much higher than Tampa typically performs in that situation. The Rams, 55% early down passing. The Vikings with Nick Mullins, 49%. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, 48%. The Vikings again, 50%. Even Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos in that blowout had a 46% early down pass rate. They just didn't pass much on first downs in that game. This is a Lions defense that I think can be attacked through the air. On top of that, Detroit's defense... They missed 124 tackles this season. 
That was only behind Carolina, Houston, Seattle, and Jacksonville. This is a recipe for disaster against San Fran, whose pass yards after completion is 6.6 this year, the highest in the league. You need to be a good tackling team in order to beat the 49ers. I think last week what we saw to Brock Purdy, some might call it nerves, and that's fair. We don't know for sure. I think a lot of that can be chalked, chalked up to the bad conditions in the rain. Brock Purdy has small hands. He previously played in the rain against Cleveland earlier this year, and he stunk in that game as well. So I'm looking to buy low on the San Fran offense against a defense that I think is really bad and can be attacked through the air. So give me San Fran's team total over in this game. And as always, it's a little bit of VIG, but we do track all the VIG here on Forward Progress. Going to end it off here with Hitman. Fezzik asked earlier, is Hitman going to go on a 2-0 win streak? Steven Robinson, one bet to save your life. Who you riding? He put you in there with Book It with Trent and Ben the Better. Unbelievably. Even producer Jason is taking shots. We have as many likes as Hitman has best bet wins. Not good well, enough nails. Everyone were, taking shots. There was some talk that Ben the Better was actually really sharp and just giving out the opposite. But you said that wasn't true, right, Rob? You, you well, had some confirmation on that? Well, here we go. We're not getting into these conspiracy theories again. Okay. We're not, I am not Ben the better. I am not. Uh, but either way, Hitman, the people, I mean, they're, they're ragging you. They don't know how good of a better you are. It's on you. You're the responsible for your best bets. It's on you to show them. So you got another one here to assemble a streak this year. What's the best bet going to be and why? Going with Jared Goff under passing yards. Uh, Stuma pretty much made a lot of the points that I was going to make about how Goff's strength is throwing over the middle of the field. No quarterback has a higher target rate over the middle of the field than him, and it's just a really bad matchup as far as going against San Fran's defense, which is first in EPA and success rate defending the middle of the field. And what's the other thing that we know about Goff is he's arguably the or one of the most sensitive quarterbacks in the league to pressure. He goes from second in EPA per play when kept clean to 18th when he's under pressure. San Francisco has a 40% pressure rate since they've acquired Chase Young. We spoke about their run defense being a little bit weaker. They're possibly developing into just a little bit of a run funnel. Jared Goff on the road goes from 8.1 to 7.1 yards per attempt. Speaking of that pressure, uh, Jonah Jackson is going to be out for this game. Frank Ragnow is not practicing today going to suit up, but who knows if he's able to finish the game. It's just, it's a high number for Jared Goff in this matchup. He's been priced pretty similar or even lower than this number throughout the entire season. He was priced 258 and a half against the Rams just two weeks ago, which is a significantly better matchup than the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going to bank on a Kanish misery and say that Jared Goff has a rough game and, uh, Hopefully the Lions don't advance to the Super Bowl as well as Jared Goff goes under. All right. There's uh, four best bets from us. all of us picking the Lions and San Fran game. We don't do this. It's just whatever our bets are. But all four of us are going to be sweating the late game this week. It's good to know that Barry Horse understood the Lombardi-Bernoulli uh, references. My well. people. Someone else out there. There we go. <laughs> um, lots of Bernoullis. Jacob, Nicholas. I think there's a Daniel. Bernoulli, there, there's a lot of Bernoullis out there, a lot of them. Uh, before we sign off here, we're doing a couple of giveaways over here at Forward Progress for some bet stamp swag and also a beautiful pinnacle swag bag 
which includes a pinnacle hoodie, a beautiful water bottle, which I drink out of on occasion as well. All you have to do is head over to www.thehammer.bet forward slash the nails. Once again, www.thehammer.bet forward slash the nails. You'll see two challenges on screen after you log in. Just click on the enter draw button, follow the on-screen instructions. You get a spot in the draw for two separate swag bags. While you're there as well, you'll see a little forward progress tab in the corner of the screen. There's a pinned post in the forward progress community where I'm looking for feedback on what you liked and what you didn't like about the shows this year. It could be anything. It could be the length of the shows. It could be the time we went live. It could be a host. Maybe that maybe this one. It could be, you know, anything, too many shows, too few shows, more watch alongs, literally anything. I'm a big believer in sourcing feedback. I do respect each and every one of you out there watching. So if you get a chance, leave us some feedback. We can incorporate it into our off-season planning and next season schedule as well. Please head over to the hammer.bet forward slash the nails. Once again, everyone, appreciate you tuning in for myself, Rob Pizzola. Dr. Eric Eager, Fabian Sommer, Hitman, and our producer, Jason Cooper, making things go behind the scenes. This has been another edition of Forward Progress Best Bets here, part of the Hammer Betting Network. Everyone, enjoy Championship Sunday, and we'll see you next week as we start talking Super Bowl. Peace. Mm -hmm.